Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Grains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. Got an exciting show today. I'm really happy to be with you. Um, we're going to be talking about diabetes and diabetic neuropathy this morning. Sounds like a pretty technical topic, but we're going to try to break some of the things down for you. It's a, always a lot more complex than we can do on a half-hour radio show, but we'll try to narrow it down to something you can digest and benefit from. Um, first, though, I want to make an announcement. Of course, we have the weekly uh, Tuesday evening at 6.30. We have the uh, weight loss seminar uh, we like to actually call it a fat loss seminar because that's what we want our people to lose while they're on our diet. We do have the ideal protein protocol. That's what we feature at the clinic at this point. And it's something that I, I have to tell you, uh, if you're on a standard American diet, that's S-A-D, the standard American diet, um, you really are you know, like set up. You're, it's, a, it's a set up job. You're, you're in a position where you've got food addictions, you've got uh, habits, you've been uh, addicted to high fructose corn syrup probably. If you read the labels, it's in most of the things. Sugar is something that is just so rampant in all of the processed foods. It's just absolutely incredible. In fact, one of the things that people try to do, they, they uh, back in the, uh, in the late 60s and early 70s, um, you got granola coming out, and granola was this healthy stuff, you know, that was everybody was, well, if you eat granola, you know, and it was kind of like, to some extent, a lot of people thought it was like eating sticks and, and things like that, because it was pretty, you know, just raw nuts and, and um, dried fruits and things like that, and it was actually really good for you. But then what happened is they leveraged that, and they said, well, people really like Snickers bars better. So what we'll do is we'll put all kinds of sugar in the granola bar and we'll glob it together with, you know, dried honey, condensed honey and all this stuff. And we'll put in all kinds of other things. And uh, now if you read the label on your granola bar, you're going to find sugar mentioned about six or seven times. You're going to have all kinds of artificial coloring and artificial flavorings. And uh, granola bars, for the most part, unless you just buy the bare uh, nuts and dried fruits um, and get them from an organic store, for example, like um, Greatest Grains, you're going to be just eating the same as a Snickers bar, basically. So uh, maybe just a teeny bit better, but not much better. So read the labels on your food. Realize what's going on there. But with all this stuff coming up, this, these foods that are designed to capture your attention, keep your attention, and get you addicted— uh, those foods are things that have led to a, tr a tremendous onset of chronic degenerative diseases. And these diseases, are they'll dog you for the rest of your life, get you on all kinds of medication and everything else. In fact, one of the things we'll be talking about this morning is uh, diabetes and the effects of diabetes. And so, you know, don't get locked into that stuff. And if you want to get off of it, if you want to get away from that way of eating and get back to health, get off your medications, uh, your blood pressure medications, your uh, type 2 diabetic medications and all these things. Come to the seminar on Tuesday evening and find out what got you in that position and what types of behavioral changes can get you out of it. 
But the, the thing I wanted to emphasize on that, though, that Tuesday evening seminar, we're going to be looking at the Ideal Protein Protocol. And it's a protocol that's perfect for somebody who is addicted to the standard American diet because it enables you to actually make a smoother transition. You're not just going to a diet where uh, everything you know, doesn't taste like it normally does for you and things. The flavors on these foods are so well designed. In fact, the diet's been around in Europe for over 30 years now, in Canada for over 15 years, in the United States for about um, 10 years or so. In fact, and we've been involved with this diet for eight years. So in terms of people offering the diet in the Quad Cities, it is uh, our clinic that has been involved with uh, promoting this diet and helping people regain their health through this diet uh, longer than anyone else in the Quad Cities. But we, what we found is that to make the transition from a standard American diet to a diet that is reasonable and healthy for people, it takes a more, what would you say, a transition step. And that's what the Ideal Protein Protocol is. It's a transition step. So come by and hear about it, listen to the, to the seminar, and uh, find out how you too can take a step in the direction of restored health. Tuesday evening at 6.30. Give the, call, give the clinic a call and um, 309-764-2115. You know, while we're on the break there, the producer sent me a little word message. She said that, yeah, there's even sugar in spaghetti sauce. Well, it doesn't stop there, believe me. Uh, you read the ketchup label, and you're going to find out that it's mostly sugar. And what they use is high fructose corn syrup for the most part in that. And uh, it's hardly any tomatoes in ketchup. I mean, you know, if you're doing uh, ketchup for the lutein and the other nutrients you find in tomatoes, you can just kind of forget it. Um, and that's kind of what a good transition into the topic here, because what 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 we're dealing with today is diabetes and diabetic neuropathy. And again, we can't get into it too deep because we just don't have time. But one of the things I want to emphasize is this. Um, way back when I was just first getting into practice, almost 30 years ago now, it was um, a shock that I received a brochure in the mail. And it said that within a decade or so, one-third of the people that come into my clinic or one-third of the American population is going to have diabetes. Now, I know that there's type 1 and type 2 diabetes, both of which are on the rise, but I was shocked. I said, you know, wait a minute, how can they possibly know that? What's going on here? And it occurred to me just recently that the fact that they knew that almost 30 years ago and the fact that it's actually coming true very, very quickly, in fact, uh, probably it is true already, the fact that that's happened, you wonder, well, did they know that because they were just kind of studying the trends, or did they know that because they knew what was going to cause it? And is there, I mean, this is kind of starts to sound like a conspiracy theory, but you have to ask the question, how did they know that? Were, was, were there some people who were aware back in the medical community, that there were certain foods or certain forces or certain pesticides or certain habits that were going to lead to a massive increase in diabetes. The thing that was interesting that I learned just today, as a matter of fact, as I was studying for this particular talk, was that back in 1900, the percentage of people who had diabetes in this country was 0.0028%.
Now, that is almost nobody. 0.0028%. Then in 1933, it had increased by 1,000% over that. So all those zeros, you know, you were, you were almost into the, uh, the actual numbers now. And then in, in, but in 1922, insulin as an injectable drug became uh, available and could save, you know, many, many lives with the injectable insulin, which was a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, you go on, but the increase in diabetes seems to be linked to a lot in terms of what we eat, what are, what we do, what our habits are, et cetera. And, one of the big factors was back in World War I, it was difficult to get enough food and enough fat, particularly to our troops. And so a particular artificial fat named Crisco was invented so that they could use that to, uh, you know, with the troops to make sure they were getting enough nutrition. Because back then, and by the way, it should be now, fat should be still one of our primary fuels. Fuels. <laughs> it's made a primary fool of us by substituting sugar instead. But fat should be one of the primary fuels. And so they invented this, but it was an artificial fat and it was not digested properly. But it became widely useful or widely used, actually, and not useful. I remember it very well. You know, Crisco was something we had in our home when I was a kid. Uh, you don't see it much anymore. But artificial fats and genetically modified fats have continued to be uh, produced in order to reduce the costs and in order to, I'm not sure what else. I mean, the question is, uh, why is it one-third of the population diabetic? Uh, well, did they, how'd they know that, et cetera? How'd they know that this was going to be an assault on our physiology? So anyway, but let's kind of bracket that, those kinds of issues aside. They're very important issues, and maybe we'll head, hit, uh, hit them on other programs. But let's bracket them for a second and just talk about the um, origin of type 2 diabetes and, to some extent, type 1. Because type 2, if you remember, is the type that is adult onset. In the past, it's called that anyway, adult onset diabetes, although the number of children who have type 2 diabetes is increasing like crazy. And the reason for that are things like the energy drinks and the high fructose corn syrup and everything, et cetera, the glyphosate or the Roundup that they spray on our crops. And, and uh, you can't eat anything out in the public or any processed foods that's not labeled specifically organic without it being just drenched in Roundup. So it's, it's something that's, that's a very, very bad problem. But in any case, the, the, those types of things have, of course, assaulted our physiology. They were never around, uh, you know, in previous generations, and yet they are things that have become very, very ubiquitous. They're everywhere in, in our food chain at this particular point. And um, so those are potential and likely, actually, causes of many different epidemics, including autism as well, where at this particular point, uh, one in, like, I believe it's below 60 children now are born with some autistic spectrum disorder. And it's just absolutely tragic. We're sacrificing an entire generation to this uh, horrible disease. Um, I'm not sure how we can survive it. But in any case, um, but the diabetic thing is very, very important to realize that it's actually the origin is to a large extent um, due to diet. Okay, so um, the 
Solution, though, is also to some extent a diet, especially with type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes, we can discuss that in a different uh, range. That's the um, diabetes where the uh, immune system actually attacks the pancreas and eliminates its ability to produce insulin. Insulin being the hormone that allows sugar to go into the cells so that the cells can produce energy with the sugar. Um, so the insulin availability in type 1 diabetes just isn't there. And, mo- and that means that you have to inject the insulin into your bloodstream so that it will bring the sugar into your cells so that they can live on the sugar. On the other hand, type 2 diabetes is actually due to an overabundance of insulin. You've stimulated so much insulin with high sugar and so that the cells to protect themselves from the massive quantities of sugar you take in have actually downregulated the intake of sugar into the cell by reducing the number of insulin receptors on the cell membrane. Now, that's maybe a little bit too complex, so let me try to break it down a little bit so you can understand this. Type 2 diabetes, the adult-onset diabetes, happens because we overload our system with sugars and, to some extent, um, several forms of sugar, high fructose corn syrup being one of them, and that desensitizes the cell membrane to sugar. Namely, it makes it so that we produce way too much insulin and the insulin receptors on the cell membrane say, hey, we can't handle all this sugar. So they actually just go away from the cell membrane. So we have only a few insulin receptors on the cell membrane. And that means we take in the right amount of sugar into the cells so they're not poisoned by the sugar, but the sugar stays in the bloodstream. Now, we've talked about this before because we've We've said that when you have more than a teaspoon of sugar in the bloodstream at any one time, the uh, problem with dying from sugar overload or hyperglycemia is very high. So when the sugar goes up, the amount of sugar goes up in the bloodstream, then you have to put it through the liver. It turns to triglycerides and it goes straight for fat storage. So if you're overweight at this point, what that means is this, that your cell membranes are insensitive to the insulin. Namely, they won't open up for that sugar to go into the cell membrane and be burned as energy. What they do is they resist the sugar that's in the bloodstream. That keeps it in the bloodstream, which means it goes above a teaspoon of sugar. Since it's above a teaspoon of sugar, that has to get out of your bloodstream to save your life, basically. It gets out of your bloodstream, goes through the liver, becomes triglycerides, and goes straight for fat storage. So if you are obese at this point, this process of getting the sugar out of your bloodstream has been going on probably for years. It's been saving your life. You know, thank goodness for that. Bravo, et cetera, for for that that liver mechanism to get the sugar out of your bloodstream. It's been saving your life, but it also tells you something. It tells you that you've been overloading your cells with sugar all of this time. They're defending themselves valiantly from that sugar, but you are putting on the triglycerides into your fat cells like crazy for year after year after year. We have a way of reversing that, but we'll talk about that in just a second. It's, by the way, the ideal protein protocol, but we have, we'll talk about that for just a second. But what happens is this. Once you have poisoned those cells so long or you've attacked those cells so long and you've put on all of this extra weight, et cetera, 
what happens is you have insulin-resistant diabetes or type 2 diabetes. Now, that can lead to lots of different things. It can lead to, if it's bad enough, it can lead to almost exactly the same things that type 1 diabetes leads to, and that is diabetic neuropathy. Now, neuro, always, that particular prefix on a word always means nerve, okay? So you've got these nerves. They come from your brain. They go down through your spinal cord, which, of course, is why we need chiropractors, right? Because the spinal cord needs to function properly. You need enough room in there for those nerves to come from your brain down your spinal cord. And chiropractors, of course, are all involved with spinal health to make sure those nerves are functioning well. But they go through the, from the brain down your spinal cord and they go into all of your extremities. They go to all of your organs. They go to all of your glands, etc. And that constant communication back and forth between the organ at the uh, end of the nerve and the brain has to be clear before you can have perfect health. But what happens then is this, that the sugar attacks the nerves and the nerves have a difficult time dealing with overload of sugar all the time and an overload of insulin and the nerves, particularly in the extremities, often in the legs, start to become diseased. That means they're not performing their function. They're not sending the information to the brain or receiving information reliably from the brain anymore. And the first thing that happens is the legs or the arms, et cetera, start to tingle. Now, that can be from a couple different um, causes. One of them, one of the primary causes is just that your spine is not working properly and you just need to be adjusted by a good chiropractor. By the way, I'm very happy to help you out on that. Just give out, give the office a call. Um, but the chiropractor will adjust the spine, improve the function of the spine and take the pressure off the nerves. And then, you know, very often with sciatic cases and things like that, we see these things every day. We have great success with them. And um, so that was one thing that works extremely well. But if it's due to sugar overload, then you probably are going to need to do a dietary change of some sort to bring about a more of a balance. And that is so diabetic neuropathy. Now, it gets really bad sometimes. Sometimes the diabetic neuropathy or the nerve pathology gets so bad that people can't even feel their feet anymore. Um, literally, they have a difficult time walking. Their balance is interrupted, of course, because when you can't feel your feet, it's very difficult to know where your feet are or what you're stepping on. So a lot of injuries occur as a result of this. And when the injuries occur, then you've got a big problem because when the nerves are affected, also blood flow is affected. And when blood flow is affected, nutrition to the extremity, particularly the feet, is affected. And if the nutrition to the feet is affected, the cell health is affected. And all of these things come into play. So what happens very often is you'll get a sore on the foot and it won't heal. And it'll stay there and stay there. Okay? Now, there's a couple different solutions. The Primary solution, of course, is to get on a diet where, we, where you reduce the amount of sugar and you get past the, dia, the uh, diabetes so that you can get past the diabetic neuropathy. That is, of course, the number one thing you want to do. And you want to be checked by your chiropractor to make sure it's not a um, nerve that is being pinched in the spine or being assaulted somehow by a physical uh, bone or joint problem. But also when you reduce your diabetes and you, you, know, you get past the type 2 diabetes, 
then your chances of actually having normal nerve, normal blood flow, and normal nutrition kind of modulates that risk of diabetic ulcers downward. These diabetic ulcers are very, very dangerous. They become infected very easily, and and it's a big problem. Now, first, get on the ideal protein diet and get this taken care of before it happens. If it's happening, get it taken care of and, you know, smooth things out. However, if you had diabetic um, ulcers in, on your feet that have not healed and you're in, under the care of a wound specialist, et cetera, one of the things that we've done in our clinic that has been highly successful is we have been using infrared therapy on diabetic foot ulcers. We had a patient uh, recently who had, had a diabetic foot ulcer, a hole in her heel that was about the same size and depth as a pencil eraser, uh, a new pencil eraser, went almost all the way to the bone. And um, this, this uh, diabetic foot ulcer had been there for a year and a half, and they had tried everything. They had tried grafting. They had tried you know, all kinds of medications, antibiotics, everything to try to get rid of this foot ulcer, and nothing worked. And we started using um, infrared light therapy at uh, a couple different um, uh, wavelengths, uh, 630 and 810 nanometers. And over a three-month period, the foot ulcer completely disappeared. Within just a couple weeks, it was obvious that there had been major changes and uh, healthy changes in the um, skin. And what happens is that it actually adds energy to those little energy furnaces in the cell called the mitochondria. It infuses those with energy, and it's a, a, a almost a miraculous uh, result on things like that. So if you're interested in that, if you have the diabetic foot ulcer, it's something that can be concomitant with other therapies. It's not as though, you know, um, you have to get off of everything to try it out. And, um, you know, come in and give it a try. It's, it's something that I think that you would find very, very beneficial. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll have a great new topic. Love doing this show. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service. Sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events, and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.